You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. of flawless flashbulbs flaunting flavorful flair. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 91, and of course, I am your humble host, Karen, and we are your platoon planning for pleasures and plethora of plantains. I'm Colin. (laughs) I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. This is episode 91. We're on the road to episode 100. The long death march. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't really planned uh, what to do for our 100th episode yet. Uh, We're actually scheduling our recordings and planning some mini episodes so that the 100th episode of Good Job Brain will publish exactly on the day of our two-year anniversary. Oh. Yeah, it just kind of fits yeah, that way. Nice. Happy, uh, happy accident. Mm-hmm. What day is that? The first episode came out on March 4th, 2012, mm-hmm. and we're hoping that our 100th episode will come out on the same date in 2014. All right. Oh, so, cool. uh, folks, if you have any ideas or suggestions about what we should do in our 100th episode, let us know. Uh, and furthermore... We are inviting you, listeners, for a chance to be on the show. We want to get some audience participation for our 100th episode. So one idea I had is, like, maybe record your lovely voice using your computer or voice recorder or even just your voice memo function from your phone. And you can tell us your favorite moments, why you like Good Job Brain, or let us know how you listen to the show or who you listen to the show with. And you can write songs or jingles or have your cats meow. I don't know. Uh, we just want some like cool audio bits. Um, so state your name and what city you're in, and uh, you can email us the audio file. Oh, neat. Video files will not be honored. <laughs> <laughs> all audio files become the property of Good Job Brain. <laughs> uh, all right. Without further ado, let's jump into our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hotshot. I have my combined... Some trivial pursuit cards here, random from the box. You guys have your barnyard there, There's buzzers. one with a picture? There's one with a picture. Oh, okay. We're going to mash it up. All right, here we go. Blue Wedge for g- geography. French village, French castle, French prince. But who's the only major character in Disney's film Beauty and the Beast with a French accent? <laughs> oh. Dana. Oh. It's the candlestick. Yeah. What's his name? Lumiere. Yes. Oh. Lumiere, the candlestick, voiced yes. by Jerry Orbach. Yes. Oh, oh, Jerry Orbach from Law and Order. Yeah. And also who put Baby in the Corner. All right. <laughs> Pink Wedge, pop culture. What kind of vehicle does Travis Bickle drive? Oh, Chris. A taxi cab. Correct. Yeah. A taximeter cabriolet. <laughs> it is a Robert De Niro. Uh, plays Bickle, the title character in the film, Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yellow Wedge. Who pleaded for calm in Los Angeles on May 1st, 1992, asking, can we <laughs> stop making it horrible for the older people and the kids? I'm going to guess that's Rodney King. Yes, Rodney uh. King. He said this right after, can we all get along? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Purple Wedge. Whoa. Andy Warhol played himself on the 200th episode of what Aaron Spelling series? Interesting. Uh, Colin. The Love Boat? Yeah. Oh, okay. The Love Boat says here, Marion Ross played a housewife trying to hide her past as a Warhol superstar from her husband, played by Tom Bosley. Okay. Hmm. Okay. All right. Green Wedge uh, for science. 
The citrulline in watermelon can imitate the effects of what pharmaceutical? Hmm. Really? Citrulline. Citrulline. Citrulline and watermelon can imitate the effects of what pharmaceutical? Pharmaceutical. The morning after pill. <laughs> Incorrect. If only. I, I have, I have no, <laughs> no, I, uh, I don't know, like something anti-smoking patch or something. It is, is it? Viagra. Whoa. Really? Uh-huh. It says yeah. here, but you need to eat about six cups of watermelon. Hot summer nights. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, that's okay. Six cups of watermelon that's not is that a lot. It's not that much. Is it? It's not six watermelons. You can make a, no. a pretty six, normal size smoothie of out of six cups yeah. of watermelon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A good yeah, yeah, yeah. old watermelon you smoothie. Gotta, yeah. It's a lot of watermelon. You're gonna be, you're gonna, your stomach's going to be pretty full like, with that much watermelon. Anyway. Hey, honey, I'm going to eat these, both these watermelons tonight. <laughs> yeah. I, I might throw off on you. but <laughs> yeah, you have to stop and go pee every five seconds. Yeah. Okay. Oh my god. Uh, okay. Well, that said, <laughs> Orange Wedge, last question. Uh, what grain must make up at least 51% of the fermented mash from which bourbon whiskey is made? Talked about this on the show. That yeah. is corn. Yes. yes. Good old American corn. Mm-hmm. There you go. Good job, Brains. Not bad. I think everybody's still processing the water. I'm still thinking about it. I'm like, wow. That's that's cut. (laughs) All right. We are approaching the new year. And here I have a top 10 commonly broken New Year's resolution. Oh. I want to see if you can guess some of these. Okay. There's five main ones. Lose weight. Yeah. Lose weight. Work out more. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Stop smoking. Stop smoking mm-hmm. is one. Stop mm-hmm. drinking. Stop drinking is one. Stop dr- okay, mm-hmm. so, so so smoking, drinking, lose weight, work out, more. Uh, save money. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. one right. last one. Smoking, drinking, lose weight, save all the things people don't do. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Stop smoking, so drink, hence, yeah, weight. this isn't the top <laughs> most common or popular. These are top ten commonly broken. Broken. Oh. Right. Right. And so. the last one is spend more time with family. I was gonna oh, say that. I thought. Oh, yeah. I thought it would be too sad. Definitely number one is lose weight and get fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the spirit of that, uh, today's episode, this week, we decided to talk about fitness and exercise, wacky stories, trivia, and quizzes about fitness. Whether or not you want to have that as your New Year's resolution or not, we're not judging, yeah. whatever. <laughs> this is just fun trivia stuff. So this week, let's get physical. Well, I'll start us off here with a quiz for you guys about oh. famous athletic Yay! brands. Okay. Uh, and I would say in particular, uh, athletic shoe manufacturers. Although oh. these days, if you're an athletic shoe brand, you make all sorts of clothing and equipment. And, call it yeah. fashion. Yes, it's true. It is a lifestyle. Fashion sneakers. Yeah, life, yeah. lifestyle sneaker. Right, right. right. <laughs> all right. So uh, a lot of these will have to do with names, origins, okay. um, yes. symbols. Here we go. Let's kick all it right. off. That's my favorite. So I know that you guys 
says no. The Nike Corporation takes its name from the Greek goddess of the same name. Mm -hmm. uh, I know you guys know this. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, the Greeks actually pronounce it a little bit differently. The Greeks would say Nike. Nike. Yeah, Nike. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nike. Right. Yeah. And further, you probably even know that she was the goddess of... Victory! Victory, yeah. indeed. That's right. Winged Winged victory. Uh, winged oh, goddess of victory. Whenever she didn't she... have a head. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> the, the very famous statue in the Louvre of the winged victory. Yeah. She right. does not have a head, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Uh, but yeah. that is of, of a, of that a is, Nike. That, yeah. is that, that is her. Yes. That is her. Yep. Oh, okay. yep. Yes. As you guys know, the gods and goddesses have Greek and Roman equivalents. So tell me who, oh. who oh. is the Roman equivalent of Nike? Is it a, is it this, a common name? A... It is a common name today. It is a common girl's name oh. even today. We took a real circuitous oh. path to that question. Interesting. Yeah. The Roman goddess of victory. This and it's a, a common girl's trivia name today. Know. Common girl's name today. I'll wow. give you a little hint. Okay. It's, it's directly related to her sphere of influence. Karen. Victoria. Victoria. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, yes. Cool. Victoria, the Roman goddess of victory. Huh. Man, we, we did take a circuitous <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought you were going to ask, what was the original name of Nike's company? What was it? What was it? Blue Ribbon Sports. Oh, oh right. Oh, okay. Oh, I think I heard yeah. that before. That's not as good. No, no. <laughs> Who, what, or where <laughs> oh, is man. Reebok named after? Oh, my God. Uh, Isn't it? It's an animal, right? It is an animal. Yeah, like a, yes, uh, like a like deer, a springbok. Like a it is, yeah. it is an antelope. antelope. Yes, in fact, yes, yeah. and Reebok springbok. Yes, yeah, similar I meant antelope, name. not antler. Yeah, That's, I was like spelling it in my mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a uh, a gray Reebok uh, or Reebok sometimes mm -hmm. uh, spelled uh, is a type of antelope. The the Reebok that we're talking about, we spell it in English R H E B O K. So the R E E B O K was not some sort of intentionally stylized, you know, so they could copyright it or trademark or anything like that. The company that we call Reebok was founded a long time ago. It was J.W. Foster & Sons Shoe Company, mm -hmm. going back to 1895. From, from where? In England. Oh. Uh, the, uh, the Reebok name didn't come along until uh, the late 50s, early 60s. They changed their athletic apparel line to Reebok. At that time, J.W. Foster's grandsons were running the company. They chose the name out of a dictionary. Oh. And they kind of liked the sound, thought it sort of fit well for athletic shoes. But here's the fun part. It was a South African edition of the dictionary. Uh, and R-E-E-B-O-K is how you spell Reebok in Afrikaans. Afrikaans. That's oh. right. And so they just took it from there and hence... Wow. Reebok. The, the lore also goes, I guess, that the dictionary was won in a race by one of the grandsons. So it had uh. also the extra connotation of being won in a, in a foot race. This uh, is a winning dictionary. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. What a weird what, prize. It's a prize. Yeah. yeah. It Here's sounds a, a little too pat to me, I have yeah. to say. Here's your I South want a African medal. dictionary. Yeah. I don't want yeah. a book. Here's your dictionary, nerd. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is the historical connection between the Adidas and the Puma Shoe Company. Karen. They are founded by rival brothers. They are indeed yeah. founded by rival brothers. Huh. Yes, brothers who hated each, each other. other. Yeah. This really? is just a bitter de this rivalry consumed not just the brothers but their wives, yeah. their families. It ended up I mean nice. even consuming the town to an extent. When did uh, it start? What? Well, so they started the Dossler <laughs> brothers. Let's yeah. back up here. The Dossler brothers, Adolf Dossler and Rudolf Dossler, uh -huh. uh, started a shoe company and They even in, had cutesy matching yeah. names. Yeah. Yeah. In Germany in the 1920s. Uh, okay. and it was going pretty well, but they just their the rifts between them started to grow. And mm. after World War II, 
they ended up splitting essentially into two rival companies. And so mm-hmm. Adolf Dossler founded Adidas. Adidas. Mm-hmm. His uh-huh. nickname was Adi for Adolf. Adi Dossler. Mm-hmm. And that's where Adidas comes from. It's a portmanteau of his name. Whoa. Oh, okay. Adi Dossler, Adidas. Rudolph founded, we call it Puma now. When he founded it, he called it Ruda. From uh, Rudolph Dossler. Wow. Someone, yeah, I think someone convinced him maybe that Puma was a little bit more marketable. Rudolph. Yeah, so Ruda. Adidas and Puma, yes, uh, and were fierce rivals uh, marketing soccer shoes. The story goes that Adidas really became the one that took off the most, partly due to an argument that Rudolph had with the head coach of the German national uh-oh. soccer team. Uh-oh. So the story goes that he had some argument with the coach of the team, and Adidas, uh, Adi's company, eventually ended up getting getting the contract to supply the West German team. In 1954, they ended up winning the World Cup. I mean, like, as underdogs. And just from there, they're like, great, all right, you won the World Cup wearing Adidas, and all of a sudden, boom, just took off from there. It's funny. So he's just in a fight with his brother. He's in a fight with the German (laughs) coach guy. If everybody in the world's a jerk, I don't know. The two companies are still successful. They are still successful today. It did take Puma a long time to kind of catch up to the level of where Adidas is. All right, we'll close it out here with Mm -hmm. uh, a good trivia slash story question for you guys. I don't know. So for a lot of people, I can definitely say for myself, the absolute just most iconic athletic shoe is... All-Stars. Uh, the Converse Chuck All-Star, the Chuck right. Taylors. Yeah, I yeah, mean... Visually. Visually, yeah. yeah right. If you're an artist or, you know, you need yeah. to just convey athletic shoe, it's yep. just, yep, that classic high-top shape, the the yep. rubber toe cap, mm-hmm. the little yep. circle circle with the star on the, on the inner ankle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just classic. Bonafide classic. Do you know they used to wear those like actual athletic? Oh yeah, like, yeah. Like it's I, like it's not really good for you, no. right? Because they have no support whatsoever. No, but that was like the athletic show yeah. of the the old days. Who was Chuck Taylor? Karen, oh. quickly. Chuck Taylor was actually a basketball player, and he he was professional. And he, I think, was a consultant for the Converse company, was naturally a really good salesman and started kind of evangelizing the sport of basketball and the shoe. Yeah. He helped develop. Right? Yeah, you that's that is that is all correct. And and the only part all these questions are within my wheel. <laughs> yeah, you were just on it with the shoes. No, all of that is correct. And then the only other bit to add is he was indeed a professional basketball player. It was non traditional in the sense of today, you know, we think of Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan or sponsoring James, shoes yeah. coming from professional. He became a professional basketball player playing for a converse created Converse sponsored kind oh. of barnstorming style team. Hmm. So this is so interesting to me. Uh, the, the Converse All Star was introduced in 1917, so it, it's an old shoe, and this was basically their way of getting into the basketball market. Like up until that time, you know, Spalding had been making basketball athletic shoes, you know, without a lot of serious competition. They make the balls, right? And Converse started making their All Star shoes at the time. Chuck Taylor was in high school, a high school player. Mm. He started wearing them, loved them. He was in Indiana and. Uh, uh, people in Indiana take their basketball very seriously. Mm-hmm. He went to the Converse company oh, yeah. in 1921, basically saying, "I want a job helping to sell your shoes." Huh. And they they just they loved his moxies so much that they're <laughs> like, "All right, kid, we'll we will we will create a position for you as our leading evangelist." So they you cannot do that today. <laughs> yeah, just show up at the company, and be escorted out by security. Yeah. Hey, like, Nike, I love your shoes. Yeah. Give me a job. Give me a job. No. 
So like, he would travel the country putting on basketball clinics and, and literally selling shoes out of his car. Nice. Uh, he wasn't on commission. He didn't have a salary. Uh, but he loved the game, wanted to grow the game, was just a passionate teacher. Hmm. Uh, he actually made the suggestion of putting that patch on the ankle. Yep. That was his <laughs> idea. And it was originally supposed to be protective. Yeah, it was, it's like strengthening. <laughs> it would protect that. Yeah. But, you know, these days yeah. I think it's just screen printed on. Yeah. It's not even a real patch oh, anymore. right, right, right. So, yeah, Chuck Taylor absolute <laughs> solid legend in the world of basketball. I read his biography. Um, lo- lo- lots of people talking about how, yes, he was very good at his job, but he also liked to spend a lot of company's money. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that yeah. as well. Yeah. I've heard that. I-, I read that as well. A lot of expenses and stuff. Well, he wanted that job for a reason. Yeah, no, yep. that's true. Well, speaking of a fitness product evangelist, let me ask you this. For people roughly our age, when you hear the name Jack LaLanne. What is the first thing that that pops into your head? Karen. Old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. For, uh, for me, old man doing aerobics. <laughs> old man doing aerobics. And uh, juicers. Juicers. That's what uh, I was going to say. For me, it's like my first, the first time I ever saw Jack Lane, and really the only experience I ever had with you know with him was turning on an infomercial when I was a kid and watching him sell the Juice Tiger on Amazing Discoveries. Oh. You know that that show that feigned pretense of being like a news magazine show but it was yeah. just infomercials the guy was always british <laughs> yeah. wow yeah that's amazing <laughs> um you know and uh so jack lane would be on there selling uh the tiger the the juice tiger the juice which 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 was later recalled because parts of it would go flying and kill people but oh um, like a like a real tiger yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. They didn't, uh, you never yeah. know when it's going to maul you yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't call it the juice kitten yeah. um, but then but then jack lalane's power juicer which uh significantly fewer injuries is now uh, is now uh, still on the market today okay. so i did not really know that much about jack lalane but he is the he is the founder of the fitness movement if you if you like go to the gym after work you do that because jack lalane put that idea in your head many years (laughs) ago so here is some trivia about jack lalane godfather of fitness Henri Francois Lalane is his actual, uh, oh. his actual name. Yep. La la. His brothers, <laughs> his brothers for some reason nicknamed him Jack when he was a kid. I don't know. Um, he was born in 1914 here in San Francisco oh. to, uh, French immigrants, obviously. As, as a teenager, he kind of started getting interested in health and the body and exercise and stuff like that. And when he was 21, he opened up what he says is and what seems to be basically the first modern health club like what we would call a the you know the gym now there had been like gymnasiums you know Mm -hmm. all over the place in europe and whatever and gymnasium by the way is greek for body uh, nude exercising (laughs) (laughs) it all it means is a place to be naked that is what gymnasium means gymnophobia (laughs) gymnophobia is the fear of being naked gymno Uh. is just nudity because they exercise so, naked. Ah, so never yeah. nude. Yeah. So there's no, there's no, as far as I can tell, there is no exercise or anything like that in the word gymnasium. It just means like naked, naked place. Naked place. Yep. So, you know, so kids go to your high school, school gym, yeah. take all the clothes off yeah. and run around and they can't do anything because that's what, it's, what it is. It's the naked yeah. place. On the podcast, I heard that was okay. Yeah. Um, so like you could go to the YMCA at this time. This is in the thirties in, in America and you could, you know, they had weights and you could lift weights if you wanted to, but like there was no sense of like as a regular thing, exercise daily just to maintain a state of health and fitness like you you did that if you were like an athlete or 
a bodybuilder. Regular yeah. bodybuilding. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Lillian had this vision of you'd go there after work or in the morning or whatever, and you'd have a personal trainer who at that time was Jack Lillian, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, and fitness goals and all that. He had a juice bar in there. This is in, wow. this is in 1936 uh, in Oakland, California, downtown yeah. Oakland. Had a, a health food restaurant, you know, downstairs, and he opened it up and nobody went there. <laughs> nobody went ahead there. Ahead of his uh, time. There was no movement. Super ahead of his morning. time. He was the person who, you know, made it this way in the first place and nobody went in and he he ends up he uh he gave massages for a while because he was trained he went to school for chiropractic Chiro- oh, okay. chiropractic yeah chiropractic chiropractoring chiropractic chiropractic medicine he went to school for that so he gave massages he gave massages uh to trader vic oh yeah <laughs> um yes okay. he of the tiki bar yeah, yeah. oakland oakland the um, yeah Victor right Bergeron. Yeah. yep uh so he'd give him uh massages and, and that's how he was making money and he was just trying to convince people to come in and he he is the way this is the way that jack lane did it he went and he had a presentation at a high school. Now, at this point, people kind of knew who he was, like, in Oakland because, like, you know, he was, A, he was he was pretty ripped, um, <laughs> which at the time, people didn't really get that ripped. Uh, you know, he yeah. had been, like, a high school athlete and he had been, you know, he had done, like, bodybuilding kind of stuff. So he went and he did a presentation on, like, health and fitness and everything. Also, at, uh, I can I also on. imagine that just seeing his energy at age 80, I can imagine what he was like when at he was age 21 yeah. <laughs> when yeah. he opened this health wow. club. He was super yeah. young. Went to a local high school, did a presentation about fitness, and all the kids just made fun of him because <laughs> they they knew that he did not – at this point, he didn't eat much meat almost at all. Mm. He didn't eat bread. He was just eating meat and vegetables and very little meat. He didn't drink Coca-Cola, nectar of the gods. You were a weirdo in 1936 <laughs> if you didn't do those things. There was no sense of like why you wouldn't put that in your body. Like who cares? Yeah. It's all delicious, you know. Um, and they were make, making fun of him. They were teasing him. Like they were asking him to comb his hair because of this belief that, that if you got big and muscly, you, you would lose the flexibility of being able to like mm. reach your hand over your head. <laughs> like that stereotype you see in the cartoons yeah. of the big muscle guy walking down the street and can't move that's what they thought it was like (laughs) if you had big muscles and they thought that like that's what they were going to become so but he so the kids all make fun of him and he's like you know what forget it he goes up he says i go up to the fattest kids in this high school and the skinniest kids in this high school little scrawny kids and he gets their home address from them and he goes to their homes in the evening (laughs) and he talks to their parents and he says to the parents I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to have your kid. He's going to lose, you know, 20 pounds in the first three weeks, or I'm going to give you double your money back. And he goes to the skinny kids. I'm going to put muscle on your kids. So he has the parents Mm. sign the high school kids up for his fitness center. And that's how he got the bodies in the door. And then, and then in his telling, (laughs) he's aggressive. um, Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, he had to be, you know, but then they start seeing results. Then he says, then the parents, parents started start calling coming in. Yeah. And the parents, he said, they were just like, now don't tell anybody I'm coming in. Mm. Like, can you slot me in in the morning and don't tell anybody? Because it was, d- doctors were telling their patients, do not go to this, this thing that Jack LaLanne is doing because if you lift weights, you are going to get hemorrhoids and <laughs> you are going to have lowered sex drive and you are going to give yourself what? you're going to give yourself a heart attack lifting all those weights i imagine the That's doctor smoking, doctors smoking while smoking yeah. while yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. yeah 
So what did they do when they got there? Well, they had all the, the equipment machines, like the leg extension machines and the weight selectors, because Jack LaLanne invented those. Whoa! Jack LaLanne invented those machines, and he worked with blacksmiths and machinists and had them custom build wow. those machines. Wow. Yep. A lot of the stuff that's still in use today, he just invented it. That's so weird yeah. that at some point in time, like, there's... No concept of no exercise. concept of exercising for everybody as something you should do to live a better life. To, to wow. maintain, as you said, to maintain yep. fitness. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like you're either an athlete competing in a sport or you don't exercise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we so we operates this gym for 15 years or so. Gets very popular. Next big thing is TV show, the Jack Lalanne show. Um, which was started out local to the San Francisco market, went na- national a few years later. Um, he did exercise routines at home and tried to just get everybody to exercise along with him. He wore uh, ballet slippers because <laughs> because sneakers were not a thing at this point. Like, you know, as we kind of know after, you know, listening to, to Colin here, nobody just wore sneakers around the house or anything like that. So he wore ballet slippers on TV. Once it went national, they actually, they brought a dog onto the show. Originally it was like his dog and then they brought in another dog. And they, and this is great for, for good job brain listeners. You guys will love this. He had a contest to name the dog. And the winning entry that was submitted by a viewer, he named the dog Walter, which is short for we all love to exercise regularly. <laughs> that and, is <laughs> yes and so um and so yeah i mean he basically was just at that point you know just a national sort of name and and would you know sell all kinds of exercise related products if you name it if it's related to health and fitness he put his name on it you know he was he was a pitch man yeah you know, he was great at, at being a salesman as he got older you probably heard about these things too he would start to do like crazy feats like yeah. news making feats 1954 when he was 40 he swam the length of the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge underwater hmm. with oh. with air tanks, okay. like not holding his breath, yeah. but with like 140 pounds of equipment on him. 1974, when he turned 60, uh, he swam from Alcatraz to Fisherman's Wharf. Wow. Which is the thing they say you're not supposed to be able to do. Like why people sharks. can't break out. Sure. Well, that's probably other reasons. It's, it's, far. Um, it's really fun. But, uh, but he was also a handcuffed, shackled, and towing a thousand pound boat. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, as, yeah. he's, as he was how do you swimming. Swim? Wow, just like doing like a you do dog, dog paddle. Yeah. His, oh, his, okay. his, his hands were together and his oh, legs wow. were together. Yep. Wow. Um, 1984, at the age of 70, he was handcuffed, shackled, and fighting. Str- this is directly off of his website. So, you know, you can. <laughs> yeah, sure. A little bit yeah. flare. Yeah. And fighting strong winds and currents. He towed 70 boats with 70 people from the Queensway Bridge in the Long Beach Harbor to the Queen Mary. One and a half miles. <laughs> so he was hooked up to 70 boats and towed them all. And he was 70 years old? He was 70 so f- years old. <laughs> it's like, let's take this old man and throw him in the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, See if we can drag the boats. Yeah. Whoa, he's dragging the boats. Uh-oh. Oh, crap. <laughs> yes. Yeah, th- this is the Jack Lane that I remember from my childhood. Is like the the, the, the TV show, I, I guess, was still running and him mm-hmm. just doing these crazy feats of strength. Yeah. Old man, old man doing strength stuff.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. So I have a quiz for you guys. It's about celebrity endorsements for Whoa. fitness products. Okay. And these are celebrities that you probably you know, and mm-hmm. they're they're products also that you know. And all of them, let's say they they don't really work. That's <laughs> that's the thing with them. Like yeah. they work ish. Yeah. Like ish. Uh, we'll kick it off with a product that was recently proven not to help wearers exercise more intensely, burn more calories, or improve muscle strength and tone. These are uh, oh, shape-up shoes. Yeah, oh, Skechers. Yes, yeah. Skechers. Which reality star endorsed Skechers? Who was the <laughs> spokesperson? It is Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian. Along with many other, like, yeah. uh, Brooke that- Burke. Was one? Uh, I think. I think. Weirdly, a, Joe Montana yes, also. That was my. That these. was my follow-up question. Oh, which oh. Hall of Fame quarterback also endorsed <laughs> Skechers? And did they, uh, did they, they don't do anything though. No, no. Oh. Those were the ones with the weird rounded bottoms. Yeah. So you right? constantly have to be balancing yourself when but, you're on them. But not really. Oh, you know, yeah. oh, okay. It feels like you're walking on sand. Oh. So it feels oh, like yeah. oh, I'm working my legs more. But I yeah. think it might be negligible. Oh, yeah. Okay. But also, not. it's like a lot of people who had these shoes are like, oh, I should walk more now that I have these special shoes. Uh, this is like going to the gym. Yeah. And it's no, it's, it's not. not it's, no. Kim Kardashian also endorsed which weight loss supplement? And I'll give you a selection. Oh, That's uh, Zantax, Quick Trim, or Hydroxycut. Mm. X-Lax. No. <laughs> I think it's Quick Trim. Quick Trim. Yeah. Yes. Here's a softball for you guys. Uh, which celebrity endorsed the Thighmaster? Suzanne Summers. Suzanne Summers. Uh, so the, the Thighmaster was developed by Joshua Reynolds, who was the mastermind behind what fad of the 70s and 80s? Oh. Pet Rock. Very close. Oh. Chia oh. Pet. No. Hmm. I was going to guess Pet Rock. It's the mood ring. Oh. <laughs> See, that makes me doubt the legitimacy of the thigh master. Brought yeah. to you by the guy who made the mood ring. Oh, it's like, okay. it's like it works-ish. Yeah. The, just the way a mood ring works-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I like that he chose yeah. Suzanne Summers, also big in the 70s. <laughs> uh-huh. She's fit, though. She, uh, hey. Yeah. Right. Indubitably. Uh, this reality star endorsed Dr. Siegel's cookie diet, 
where you have one meal and six cookies a day. So it does work if you're just uh, eating one meal and six uh, cookies a day. Well, yeah. Sure. But these are like cookies loaded with fiber. Uh-huh. Like oh, super yeah. Fiber, so you put yeah. Oh, yeah. They're poop cookies. Yes. Okay. They're poop cookies. <laughs> oh, you know. Okay. Oh, the, the poop cookie diet. I, sure. I've only seen these ads for the cookie diet on like Sky Mall. Right. You know, yeah. like I've never really seen it you, advertised. I'll give you a hint. This, this celebrity lost a lot of weight after she had her baby. <laughs> Oh, oh, um, um, uh, uh Marie I... Osmond? No. Mm. Well, no, she, she had her baby like 30 years ago. Well, I don't know what this, <laughs> hey, I don't know okay, this thing was. Hey, Goslin. No. Oh, that was, was good. It? It's, uh, Snooky. 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 Oh, oh, Sno- yeah. Okay. Snooky <laughs> cookie. Snooky had the cookies. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, All right. Uh, you know what? Uh, I, I would buy poop cookie before I would buy Snooky cookie. <laughs> <laughs> This conservative talk show host stars in an infomercial promoting the ProForm Ab Glider. It's a swinging, swiveling contraption that promises to burn twice the calories of other similar machines. But personal trainers say you're not going to get an eight pack, a six pack, a four pack, a three. You're not going to get toned using this. Not even a three pack. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't imagine like Bill O'Reilly or Rush Limbaugh doing anything fitness related. It's oh it, oh, uh, is it Ted Nugent? No, I don't know. Oh, what is it? Is it? It's a, a radio. It's a conservative talk conservative show host. Talk. Conservative talk show host. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a woman. And it conser- who has a no. conservative? Is it Laura Ingram? Who has no. a conservative? Sarah Palin. No, no, She's no. A conservative talk. It's show. Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Oh. Because she's uh, that's right. Yes. She's not on the View anymore. Mm-hmm. But she has her own show on Fox. That's true. Yeah, of course. Um, Reality star and conservative talk show. Yeah, that's yeah. true. She's not Survivor <laughs> right. first. You're right. Yep, You're that right. was that was her her claim to fame. Yeah. Did she win Survivor? She did. Did she win Survivor? I thought she. I think she was runner up that year. I think year. she might okay. have been runner up. I'm yeah, not, I'm not positive. I don't know. Okay. To date, he has his own abs workout DVD, a line of GNC chewable supplements, and reportedly scored $400,000 to endorse the protein-infused devotion vodka. And this is a reality <laughs> star. Uh, vodka. Yeah, there's a, that's a good way to do it. Okay. Vodka. Is it uh, the situation? Yes. No. Uh, <laughs> Go. I'm like vodka yeah. and abs. Oh, uh-huh. situation. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. Like protein infused vodka. Yeah, it only has like two grams of protein oh. in it. It's not like an egg. In oh, so vodka. it's it's not a fitness. Pr- it's not a fitness it's vodka. A fitness yeah, vodka. yeah. Oh, that's other marketing. <laughs> it's a fitness vodka. This actress is the spokesperson for Trop 15, Tropicana's reduced sugar and calorie line of juices. In her best-known role, she played a character who tried bizarre crash diets like the Japanese porn star diet, <laughs> which involves eating only paper. <laughs> Karen. Jane Krakowski yes. from 30 Rock. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. As Jenna Maroney eating only Jenna. paper to lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, this reality star launched a line of Skinny Girl branded supplements, margaritas, and shapewear. Karen. Bethany forgot what's her last name, but she was from Real Housewives of New York. Oh, yes. Frankel. Uh, yes. Bethany yes. Frankel. Bethany Frankel. Oh, man. Those are everywhere. A lot of, a lot of reality stars <laughs> yeah. in this quiz. Good job, you Karen, guys. I think you suggested this topic so you could get all the questions right. No, yeah. Colin suggested this topic. Oh, okay. <laughs> you subliminally yeah. planted it in his head <laughs> by whispering yeah. while he sleeps. <laughs> or that. Colin's our sports guy, but Karen's our fitness girl. That's right. That's right. That's fitness right. Fitness whiz. <laughs> fit whiz. Fit whiz. Fit, fit whiz. Witness. 
All right. Well, my turn. And mm-hmm. I have a story. My my point is not to gross anybody out. Mm-hmm. Like there is science behind it. Uh-huh. But I just yeah. want to give you that disclaimer. That but you're going to do it anyway. I'm but not, I'm but not, the, you were attracted to it because it was gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, yeah, no. I know you. Yeah. yeah. So earlier <laughs> this year in 2013, I ran a race called the Golden Gate Relay. And it's 200 miles across 36 different cities and it's a relay race what you're supposed to do is you have a team of people uh-huh. and then you and i was on a team and then you run different legs or different assigned distances mm-hmm. and it's all day all night um mm-hmm. you can take turns sleeping when you're not running in the car but your uh, team is always running your team is always running mm-hmm. uh, most teams have 12 people we had seven no. which meant we had to do double duty uh. and we had to run more per person to cut, co- you know, to try to cover those 200 miles. I think it was maybe during my second leg, my second distance I had to run. It was in the middle of nowhere. It was like in the rural kind of uh, areas of, of through Napa. It was 94 degrees outside. It was mm. super hot. And I realized that I had, uh, my, my female monthly gift hit oh, me. Karen, the and story. It, and, it hit, <laughs> and it hit me hard. Oh, no. And uh. the thing is, with these races, with a lot of endurance sports, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you you can't really do anything about it. Like, I mean, I am... Well, so, you choose not to do anything about well, it. it. I was in the middle of nowhere. Like, there's no there's no aid stop. If I were to stop, like, okay, I can there's stop, but grass. then what? I don't know. <laughs> right. like, I get um, MacGyver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're going to figure this out right, now. Right, right. I had... <laughs> Twigs and mud. Yeah. I had six <laughs> miles to go. Oh, no. I did it. I ran the, the, the whole way. And then... You go, girl. <laughs> Keep in mind, my teammates were all dudes. So... <laughs> When I when I had to you know stop at the the, the exchange point where I gave them the the, the relay thing, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. all the guys were like, oh, my. I was like, it's not a big deal. I, I, it's okay. <laughs> I took him out. It's fine. And I was so. I mean, this is really traumatic. I was really embarrassed. It's Guys, so embarrassing. It's, it's okay. I was like, I was mortified. I was completely mortified. Yeah. But like, what could I do? Yeah. I mean, yeah. what can you do? Yeah. I, I, it, it's yeah. not. If I had to pee, I can stop and just go pee. Yeah. Like yeah. This, I could not really right. control no. or right. do anything. So I was like, oh my god, this is going to be the most embarrassing moment of the trip of the mm-hmm. whole race. Mm-hmm. It's like me dripping blood everywhere. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't oh. the worst. Most embarrassing moment because the next person. All you have to do is to be the the second most embarrassing story. Don't forget about it. Don't forget about it. So it was my teammate's turn to run, and I think this was a couple miles in. He had eight miles to go. It's also under heat. It was during the daytime. Um, he. Uh, I mean, pooped his pants. I was gonna say there's only one thing he could really do. He. Accidentally, or or what? However, it happened. He pooped it was his pants. Oh, accidentally or So so he pooped his pants and he ran like that for the rest of the oh, way, and he God. had to change. And good thing we had you know extra shorts or whatever. Uh-huh. But I was like, good. No one's gonna remember my story. <laughs> Every just everybody just remembers the guy who pooped his pants. Oh, Anyways, is that true? So okay, <laughs> this in a lot of either triathlon cycling, yeah. running, marathoning, ultra marathon. When you have endurance sports, 
this is a problem. Mm. The pooping her pants. Mm. Why is this? So I don't know if you guys know Paula Radcliffe. Very, very oh, famous. Yeah, very yeah. famous marathoner. Mm. Um, she She's a British distance runner. And she currently holds the women's world record for marathon. And she infamously, infamously in, I think, maybe the London Marathon. Yeah. She was suffering some sort of GI gastrointestinal issues, mm-hmm. I think, around mile 22. Keep okay. in mind, this is like a couple of years ago. So yeah. everything was televised. Like people, you know, there are cameras following yeah. runners. And she is, she's one of the fastest. Yeah. And so... So quickly, she just squatted down and pulled down her running briefs yeah. and pooped and pulled her <laughs> shorts back up and ran again. Yeah. And it was all caught on television. <laughs> no. Like you see her squat. So and that's it, how you do a. That's how a pro does it. That's it's not like yeah. she does it. Right. Yeah. She right. does it in. It's less than two seconds. Mm-hmm. Like when you watch, you can go on YouTube yeah. and watch this clip. It's like you need. Oh, know can what I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me just let me just do that. Do that. I, I load it right up right now. And guess what? She still won. Nice. She still won that. And so it is. So that's so that so that does make sense. It's like, look, if you if you think you have to poop, you might as well just like just go. You know, just, just no. I mean, not just go, but like stop. And, <laughs> Because it's like it's like two seconds of embarrassment versus like now you're gonna carry it around (laughs) for the whole run. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. In a 2008 study of of almost uh, 1,300 runners, found that at least 45 percent complained that there are GI issues related to Mm. you know during the race. And it's the the GI tract is really sensitive to stress and running Mm. and anticipation, the anxiety. uh, It's really Mm. stressful. And also, I mean, when you run, your intestines. Get, yeah, they yeah. jostle and all the blood Ugh. in your body is being rerouted to your vital organs or to your muscles from your legs. So the balance of your body is kind of mm. off. Uh. And so your GI tract will act up. You know, there's also dehydration, a bunch of these factors working against you as you're doing endurance sports. And a lot of people will want to poop. However, there is a hypothesis. It's a theory. I don't know if it's true or not. Um, probably not. But this is, and of course, music lovers and concert goers probably are, are, know this phenomenon. It's called the brown note. <laughs> and <laughs> the theory is. This is true. This, this is not can't, true. This can't possibly this is not true. I've heard, the I've heard this, but this yeah. is not. The theory <laughs> is, the theory of the brown note. What is it? Is that there is some sort of frequency that once it matches the natural frequency oh, yeah. of your, you know, intestines mm-hmm. or of your body, yeah. then you have resonance and <laughs> you will lose control of your muscles <laughs> and poop will come out. It's like an opera singer who like can shatter a glass because yes. they're yeah, not. Exactly. So it's like they exactly. can, exactly they can like match that. the note that opens, yep. like shatters and your. A lot of yeah. there's theory that because you're running at a regular pace, somehow, maybe sometimes it will mm. match the natural frequency and resonate mm. and, you know, mm. you lose control of. Yeah. yeah. They did test this on Mythbusters, the brown mm. note, more of like a, in a concert <laughs> angle. Like, uh-huh. uh, uh-huh. so they had like people <laughs> surrounded by Just different, different notes, yeah. <laughs> different yeah. frequencies. On the street. <laughs> it didn't it's happen. Like, it's like, <laughs> crossed it off the list. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> they look at their butts. <laughs> Anything? Else? Anything? No. 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 All right. No. All right. Next Try frequency. One. Oh, this is gonna be good. <laughs> I really thought it was gonna be that one. Damn. 
they did not find a brown note okay. in their experiment. Right. I, can, I can assure you that if there were such a thing as a brown note, the nation's teenage boys would be playing it at large but high volume in every neighborhood around the country just, just for kicks. So there you go. Cool story, bro. <laughs> it's scientific. It does happen. It does happen. Yeah. But it's probably not related to the mysterious brown note or yes. the elusive no. I mean, the elusive it's, brown it's mostly most likely just due to intense stress to your due body to- <laughs> i mean like okay. also like famous runners runs tour well tour de france tour de france cycling <laughs> they sometimes just have to go you when yeah. you're you know, on the move in a race it's yep you got to keep moving or triathletes mm-hmm. they just pee in the water like i mean well, what are you supposed to do like you can't what i like about this I, wait a minute i'm not yeah. a triathlete and i pee in the water so <laughs> <laughs> don't swim with Chris. I mean, that's, just, that's just normal technically behavior. if you're out in open waters you're swimming with like fish pee and poo all the time yeah yeah, yeah totally <laughs> yeah i'm just adding to the vibrant ecosystem <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what I like about this podcast is we're not afraid to take on the taboo subject. <laughs> like, personal taboo yeah, subject. We keep it super real. For everybody. Hey, Matt. Did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope. Never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. Neil, did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here, too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's triviality. Well, I have absolutely no idea how to follow that up. So l- let me ask you guys a question here. Awkward. I feel like we, we've shared so much. <laughs> we've shared so much already. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'll, t- I'll take the transition of, from uh, peeing in the water. How okay. about that? I'll, 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 find, okay. I'll find a way to – I'll force a segue here. All right. All right. What would you say if I told you guys that – in order to graduate from college, mm-hmm. you had to be able to swim 50 yards in under a minute and then tread water continuously for five minutes. Is that like a, like a fitness test? Yeah, this, this is not some requirement from a hundred years ago or anything uh-huh. like This is today. Mm. Whoa. At Washington and Lee University in Virginia, they are one of Many schools that still have swimming requirements for students. I like it. I had not heard of these swimming requirements. I was just talking with my mom over Thanksgiving, and she mentioned that when she was at the University of Washington, she had to pass a swim test for graduation. And we got to talking, and it interested me enough that I did a little bit of research. There was at one time, as, as late as the 1970s, almost half of the colleges and universities in America had some sort of swimming requirement. Really? To graduate. Yes. And this is so fascinating. Yeah. There are not that many left today. But here are samples of some of the requirements. At Cornell, Mm -hmm. uh, you have to swim three lengths in the pool, uh, at least one on the front and one on the back. Uh, At MIT, you have to swim 100 yards. Uh At Bryn Mawr, 
You have to swim continuously for 10 minutes. That's a lot. Float on your back for one minute. Okay. Okay. And then tread water for one minute. Okay. Right. Uh, and, you know, these go on and on. Some schools have uh, time restrictions. Some don't. Uh, as, if, as if showing up at, at school for, as a freshman is not stressful enough. Yeah. And, and getting into and, a swimsuit. And fraught yeah. with enough potential for embarrassment. Yeah, I want you to imagine you show up as a freshman. you got to get in a swimsuit, <laughs> line up, and then exhibit your swimming prowess or lack of prowess in front of your fellow incoming students. So what if you go to college and you don't know how to swim? So these schools that, that mm-hmm. have the requirements, yeah. if you if you cannot pass the freshman incoming swimming test, yeah. or you just say, I am not a swimmer, I'm going to drown if you put me in there, mm-hmm. you must take a swimming class. At schools that have these requirements, there are often local legends about where did this come from? Mm-hmm. And you yeah. know, one of the most common ones is, oh, well, there's a wealthy benefactor, and <laughs> as a condition of a donation, you know, he or yeah. she required that all students take a swimming test because they had a son that drowned tragically and they want to ensure this never happens again. This is actually the similar story that's told at Harvard. At Harvard, it is told that there's a woman who is a widow due to the Titanic and she wanted to ensure hmm. as a condition of her contribution for the Harry Elkins Widner Library that they establish a freshman swimming test. You have to swim in ice cold water. Throw them into iceberg-laden right. water and then see how they do it. I particularly like the uh, origin story told uh, at Columbia, apparently one story is told that the swimming test dates back to a requirement that students could swim across the Hudson to New Jersey in the event of an attack. And this... <laughs> that, this that I believe. You, you yeah. Really? You believe yeah. that? Really? Yeah. What is interesting is no one is 100%, 100% sure why schools started administering, uh, or yeah. started requiring swim tests. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to date back to shortly after World War One, though. And it is true that after World War One, the Red Cross was really making a big push to increase swimming abilities. I mean, it, tragically, there are stories that a lot of soldiers died. They couldn't, they drowned by not oh. being able to reach shore, you mm-hmm. know, especially with equipment on, you know, mm-hmm. in a landing. But it really seems to have come about between World War One and World War Two as kind of just a general public safety measure. I, I, I believe it. Like, I think it it's weird like for like people, this, our, our generation, who yeah. still don't know how to swim. Just in case, like, that's a skill I want yeah. to have. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's a cultural bias, though. Like, if you weren't raised in a place near water, or you didn't yeah. have access to pools all the time, now you have to learn how to swim as an adult, mm-hmm. and, like, you're not going to graduate from college if you can't figure it out, or you don't want to. Like, right. Well, at least they're willing to give you the, the, the instruction to learn how. Yeah. But, but if you're like, I don't want to. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Well, yeah. hey, then, then don't go to that school. <laughs> yeah. Do they actually fail people if they don't pass the... I, like, you don't get your diploma if you yes, do Yes. I'm sure, they, I'm sure they work with you quite a bit yes. if it seems like you're not going to get your diploma because of the swim... There is one funny anecdote I came across in a couple of places. A uh, very well-known and successful PhD from Columbia who was denied his diploma, apparently. Really? And he wrote in 60 years later saying, basically, hey, I've learned how to swim in the meantime. Can I have my diploma? Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> and they did officially. Hey, you don't get uh-huh. diplomas if you don't return library books like me. <laughs> you didn't get your diploma. I didn't get my diploma. I remember well, that. That's right. They would hold it. Yeah. yeah. Wait, but you still graduated. It. I still graduated. Yeah. I just didn't get a paper. Oh, <laughs> I see. I did. I was like, whatever. Joke's on them. I lost the book. Yeah. I don't know. What do you want from me? Money? No. Oh, oh I guess you do. <laughs> All right. And that's our show. Thank you guys for joining me. And thank you guys, listeners, for listening. And hope you learned a lot about fitness and pooping your pants and oh, Jack LaLanne and celebrity endorsements and uh, basketball and uh, various other sport brands. Um, you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, 
on SoundCloud, and also on our website, goodjobbrain.com. Join us on Twitter at goodjobbrain or on Facebook slash goodjobbrain, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. All trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? <laughs> We've got the cure. Three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. <laughs> New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast.